Broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for Valley Business Radio, spotlighting the Valley's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to the Arizona 100 podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre with phx.fm. I'm joined here as always by Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100. Hi, Abby. How are you? I am super good. This is our 30th episode of this show. We've been doing this since mid-2019, and I just realized we'd hit a milestone today, the big 3-0. How does that feel? That's awesome. That's so awesome. You know, I've been li- starting to listen to podcasts a little bit more, so um, one of my favorites is Rob Lowe has a podcast called Literally, and he's only got like eight or nine episodes, so um, we have more we have than 30. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Now, there's a few others that I've downloaded that have like 230. So that's something to aspire to. But right now I'm, you know, I'm pretty excited about 30 episodes. That's pretty cool. 30 episodes. That'd be a big deal. We should have some, you know, uh, streamers streamers and (laughs) confetti and uh, champagne. It's, I mean, it's noon, but hey. Well, it's five o'clock somewhere, as somebody likes somewhere, to say. Somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. How are you? What, what What's going on over there? Well, everything's everything's good actually. You know, coming up on the, the end of the month, so we've got we've we're on month five, I guess, of the working from home situation. Um, but I think everything is actually um, feeling pretty good. I've I've been really kind of the questions come up a few times, and it's caused me to think about you know what what are you doing with your time these days? Where have you been spending your time? What are you doing? Blah blah blah. And um, I started thinking about what it is I am doing with the, I guess we can call it some extra time. You know, I'm not driving to meetings. I'm not flying out of town for events and things like that. So, you know, perhaps maybe two or three hours of every workday has been given back to me without the travel. So, you know, what am I doing with that? And I think what I'm doing is certainly filling it back up. There's no question about that. But I'm filling it back up with some things that, you know, might have been little harder to do, you know, meeting a friend for coffee who lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, because I can jump on a call like this and and see her and chat with her or Sunday night dinners with my family who are folks are living here in the Valley. My sister lives in California. So, you know, I'm filling up the time, certainly not, um, you know, dozing on the couch or eating bonbons or anything like that. But uh, I'm kind of kind of appreciating the the extra time and then being able to put things back into it that I've, you know, didn't realize how much I missed, you know, with the busyness of what life is all about. How about you? Well, you know, there's certainly highs and lows, right? There's certainly good things and bad things. I was just talking with my wife, Jen, this morning um, about that she goes through these moments where it's really hard um, because we're still strictly social distancing, you know, keeping, um, away from crowded places. Um, Jen doesn't want to be in in a very crowded environment right now for her own comfort. And she misses her friends. She misses the activities we used to do with the kids. You know, even just a simple thing of going to the library. Libraries are closed. And we support all that. We think the only way through this is through this. Um, and yet at the same time, there's periods of, of uh, real sadness about s- some of those gaps in our social life that uh, you know that used that we used to rely on, uh, particularly in the summer when it's it's eleventy billion degrees here in Phoenix, and and How at the many same degrees time, was that? 11 11 billion, bi- uh-huh. 11 D. yeah, that's a lot. So at, at the same time, you know, I think certainly the cat's out of the bag as far as what remote work can actually do for people, and a lot of folks have discovered that their teams are performing better, they're happier, um, that even some of the everyday 
chit chat that we kind of think creates uh, an office culture um, has proven to be an, a useless distraction. And without it, we can just focus on what we want to do and also share and connect at the same time. So I think it's a very, very interesting time as this uh, situation continues to unfold in unpredictable and unforeseen ways. One thing I believe in is people's ability to adapt and rise to the occasion. Yeah. You know, and, and it, 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 they say the same thing kind of about stuff, right? If you have an extra closet, you're going to fill it up with more stuff, right? Whether you need the stuff or not. And it's probably the same with time. You know, you're, you're going to fill that time with something. And what was filling it before were the, were the necessary things going to and from work, running the errands, stopping at the dry cleaner, whatever it is we had to do. And it's not that we don't need to do those daily errands and such, but we've freed up some time to do some other things and and fill it with things that I hope are making us feel a little bit more, uh, a little more fulfilled. And I know I certainly have enjoyed the, the ability to do that. Now, I, I do miss, as we all do, that, that, you know, physicalness that comes with seeing your friends and being out and about. Um, and do look forward to that returning to my day. And I, I'm hopeful that this sense of um, slowing down a little bit and putting things back in my day that is our more important continues when we get back to a, a more physical presence with people. But uh, for right now, I'm going to focus on the good that that is bringing and, and really kind of valuing the time that I get to spend in, and in doing some of those kinds of things. And, you know, and the, the chores are still there and, you know, the vacuuming still needs to get done and the laundry and all of that. They haven't figured out how to make that disappear yet. But, um, but you know, you can throw a load of laundry in while you're, you know, you're working for a couple hours and free up your evening from, uh, you know, the, the, the daily things you have to do. So it's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to look at the positives of, of some of these, this crazy time that we're living in. Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's going to be some some unintended consequences in the form of surprising benefits mm -hmm. that we can't necessarily see now. I was listening to a report on some very interesting research that's being done on Gen Z. So the, the, the young people who are currently between the ages of, let's say, 8 and 23. And um, one of the most interesting generations in terms of their outlook, their their commitments, the way they see things, what they want to accomplish, how they think, and so on. And one of the things that came out of this particular research that, that I think is going to be a very positive thing is that they – now, not everybody obviously has a great relationship with their parents, but on the whole, the research showed that the increased time that these young adults or, or young people are spending with their parents is having a very positive benefit. They, they feel like they're actually able to understand their parents better. Their parents are more connected with them. Again, taken as a whole, there's going to be exceptions, of course. Um, and they also felt like they were able to parent the parents uh, you know, share some of their passion, some of their commitment for things that will make a better future for everybody because they've just got more time together. And, you know, five, 10 years from now, when when those young people are in their mid-20s and mid-30s and are working for our organizations or leading uh, in various areas of life, uh, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what this unique period of time will have translated to in terms of their ability to connect with others and, and so on. So we shall see, but it we is certainly see. interesting times to be alive. Well, let's make a date in on August 26th of what, you know, 2028, 20, and we'll check back in. We'll be on episode 
umpity billion. And we can see how we're doing and see how yeah. we predicted if we were right. I'll put it in Google Calendar right now. I'm assuming you Google do? will still be, <laughs> Please around, do. still be around. <laughs> Please do. What else is going on? You've got a unique lens here with the Arizona 100 into things happening around the state. What are you seeing? Well, right. You know, we continue to, um, you know, focus on the, you know, what's happening from a growth and economic development in our state. We continue to look at what organizations and foundations and such are doing for our, our nonprofit community. And, you know, every every episode we feature, you know, 12 different stories from the, the Arizona and three that come from our national partners. And I am continually impressed by what's happening in our communities and what our uh, business leaders and our elected officials are doing to, you know, continue to provide and enhance our community. Um, one of the stories we're featuring this week is... Um, from Delta Dental of Arizona Foundation. You know, they are one of the largest dental insurance providers based here in Arizona. And um, they have a foundation. So they funnel uh, a percentage of their profit into their foundation and then return that in terms of um, providing funding for oral, oral health programs throughout the state. And they have just provided a $100,000 grant to an organization called NOAA, Neighborhood Outreach Access to Healthcare, uh, to provide oral health education for um, up to 3,000 kids over the course of the next two years. These are through Title I schools in the Deer Valley, Scottsdale, and Paradise Valley area. So, you know, uh, in recognizing the importance of oral health and how that impacts really all of our health um, and making that investment in our kids is always a good thing. So uh, Delta Dental is, is working with that organization to, you know, help them provide important oral health education. So we salute them and thank them for that, that commitment to our community. You know, one of the, um, when, when COVID-19 became sort of part of our regular conversations and we were talking about sort of the more vulnerable populations that were really being impacted by it, and our senior community was certainly top of that list. Well, a subset of the senior community are those that are um, challenged with their memory and their, and their ability to, you know, get out and about, and they may be, um, you know, seeking um, services for their their memory and their movement and such. And because many of them are living in assisted living locations, and we know those were closed to visitors for a lot of reasons to keep them safe. Um, but a local uh, jazz artist here named by Shannon Wallace um, is gone and gotten a, a degree or a certification. She is a certified dementia practitioner and she has developed a program called Music, Movement, and Memory. And it is an online virtual program that's being uh, made available to individuals that might be living with dementia or cognitive impairment, their caregivers, and giving them an opportunity to experience you know, exercises both for the body, for the mind, hand-eye coordination. And she's delivering this all through a virtual platform, uh, all for the opportunity to give our, you know, those seniors that are maybe a little bit more impacted by, you know, the, the, the social distancing and the isolation that occurs, an opportunity to have some conversation, get some movement and, and you know, participate. And she's seeing a lot of success and a lot of uh, energy coming from these seniors in our community. So great opportunity. That's available. Um, one of the stories that we feature in this week's issue as well. So shout out to Shannon and that great program. 
A uh, couple other things in terms of providing support for um, for some of our community and some of the more vulnerable in our community. You know, sadly, we're seeing um, statistics that are showing that domestic violence is increasing um, as a result of people being home and, and facing some some challenges and, and maybe unexpected challenges that weren't, um, you know, planned for in terms of jobs and transportation and others. So um, the governor's office has allocated funding to um, several organizations across the state that provide uh, shelter and programs for victims of domestic violence. So there are resources available and, and always are available throughout our state, um, but utilizing some of the um, relief funds that have been made available to the state, uh, the governor's office has reallocated some of those to those those shelters to, um, to assist um, individuals that may be in a complicated situation, a compromised situation to get them some of the help they need to get on their footing and get back out of that, that situation. So um, he has also, he, the governor's office, has also um, allocated funding to our child care providers, right? So many of those were also forced to close, which of course impacted uh, our working professionals, our parents that are working. You know, if they couldn't go to put their kids into a daycare setting, they couldn't go to work. And now that things are beginning to open up a little bit more, uh, the child care providers, these certified businesses that help take care of the kids during the day, so he's providing some grants, uh, the governor's office, to these organizations. Again, part of the, um, the CARES Act and the money that was provided to the state. So um, it's nice to see that that's being allocated to programs and services that are so needed in our community and um, all an attempt to help, you know, spur on the economic impact and, and what we're, you know, we want get to our, get our businesses back working and our, our folks back into their office spaces. So it's nice to see that that's happening. You know, it's so important to remember that regardless of our own politics, our own personal values, our own points of view, we want to live in a world where people are being taken care of and served. We want to live in a world where people are being educated in whatever way is appropriate for them. We, we, the world is better for everyone when people have access to the support they need for their particular situation. So whether it's people who are vulnerable at home, whether it was people who are currently living without a home, whether it is the seniors that you spoke of and their unique challenges and ways in which we can support them, I'm always inspired to hear about any initiative that is at least making an effort to to better the lives of people around me because that's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where people are being supported with what they need. Right. And, and you know, as we've talked about before, you know, all of those things help keep our economy going and keeping our community safe and our kids educated and all of that. And so um, these, these, these granting opportunities and these resources that are available just serve to have that ripple effect and to, you know, change the dynamic of what's happening for the positive. So uh, I'm, I agree with you completely. And, and um, we're seeing other, you know, business organizations looking at that as a whole. And how do we, how do we truly know where our economic recovery is coming from and, and our businesses giving, being given the information they need to make smart decisions about, um, the resources that are available and, and what does it look like as we continue to move towards this um, new normal and a, and a recovery mode. And uh, the Greater Phoenix Chamber has created this dashboard um, on their website that that gives us those tools and information. And so if you are a business owner and you're 
you know, you're looking for resources and what's available and, and where should I be focusing and what do I need to know, that dashboard has um, tremendous opportun- uh, information available to help you understand a little bit more and really what resources are available um, to our businesses um, as we're continuing to, you know, move this this economy around and what it looks like for business leaders. And as we've talked about, um, you know, in spite of or maybe because of um, businesses and organizations are really making smart decisions about, you know, where they're making their investments and what the growth strategies are and, and kind of recognizing that it's we all still operate and we still have things to do. And so there are a couple features in our issue this um, this week about some of those kind of investments. For instance, um, Embry-Riddle or Aeronautical University um, is making this um, investment in uh, Yavapai County. They're continuing to grow their campus there. That's in the Prescott area. Almost 3,000 jobs, $318 million in economic impact. They also have a campus in Florida. So when you combine uh, their overall impact, about $2.3 billion is being you know generated as a result of this um, aeronautical university that we're lucky enough to call home here in, in Arizona. Um, a blockchain company called ZoroSign is making an investment in the Phoenix area and um, breaking ground on a global headquarters here. And so we're seeing, you know, these really interesting businesses that are looking at Arizona and saying there's there's value there, there's quality of life there, and we're going to, you know, make our make our move and, and bring um, quality jobs and, and make that investment in the community. And of course, we know we are a tourism operated or, uh, state and we have so many amazing hotels and restaurants and attractions and such. Have you ever heard of a dark sky zone? I have, yes. All right. Well, we have one of those coming to the Valley. Um, it is going to open on um, October 1st um, near the McDowell Mountain Range. Mountain Range, And um, this is a designation, right, about, you know, in terms of where a property is located and its access to and the ability to participate in what the great outdoors offers to us. And so um, we're excited to see that um, come to the area in early October. Um, yeah, we, we had a story a number of months ago about the expansion of a dark sky designation in northern Arizona mm-hmm. around the Grand Canyon. Of course, there's there's one already in place and has been for a long time around the Lowell Observatory um, and Flagstaff it proper you know, has certain rules about the amount of light you're allowed to emit at night because uh, you know of, of what that does in terms of light pollution in the dark. Um, but I think that's very exciting yeah. uh, that that something like that is also coming here to the Valley. Well, these major hotel brands, this a Marriott property, are really recognizing, you know, that that what they can bring in terms of their, their amenities and the luxury of their physical property, but also what it means to experience the area. And, you know, we have such beautiful skyline and a beautiful mountain ranges and all these things. And so if they can, you know, blend in and then still allow those opportunities for their visitors, I think it's pretty spectacular. And we're seeing something similar um, in that kind of creative uh, hospitality and tourism. Uh, It's called Under Canvas and it's Under Canvas Lake Powell. And they are creating um, a road trip to connect three of their properties through the Grand Canyon, Moab, and Zion. And it's a lake destination um, in the northern part of our state. And so um, kind of a cool safari-style tenting um, on decks with 
you know, high class bathrooms and beds and wood burning stoves. So you get the the idea of camping with a, you know, luxury environment, which if truth be told is probably the best way for me to go camping, which is the outdoors with a real bed and, you know, <laughs> and all the other amenities, amenities I require. Right. Yeah, the, we'll the, just leave it at the, that. The wine fridge. Yes. <laughs> and all yes. the other things. I have no doubt with. I'm a little bit of a uh, spoiled. So um, I'm, I enjoyed some of the finer things. And so I'm excited to see that you can experience the beauty of, you know, the Lake Powell area and the camping and the road trip idea and still have access to some of the more luxury amenities. Yeah, there is there is a light at the end of the heat tunnel. Uh, and certainly, you know, the, the, as the saying goes, if you can survive the summer, you get to live here the rest of the year. Um, I'm looking forward to getting outside more frequently uh, and, and for more more hours of the day and evening. Um, truly, I think if we all just took a few extra minutes away from staring at a screen and instead looked up at the stars, we might find a, a certain perspective that brings some um, some sanity to right. <laughs> that we don't right. often see on our screens, whatever those screens are showing us, whether it's social media or national news or anything of that nature. Right. Uh, certainly staring at the sky for three minutes uh, might put things in perspective. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And our last story, this is an, another uh, hotel property that's uh, coming to the Valley. Talking Stick at the Pavilions is adding a Comfort Suites hotel uh, expected to open up uh, later in the year. So again, new jobs, economic impact, investment in our communities, investment in our in our nonprofits and social services, another really great uh, issue. Um, the Arizona 100 is a twice a month um, e-newsletter that comes out. Uh, you can subscribe at thearizona100.com. It's free, featuring information and news about our, our business and, and nonprofit communities across the state. We welcome the opportunity to learn more about you and your business. So if you have some story ideas you think we'd, we'd be interested in, our editor would be happy to review that information. She can be reached at editor at thearizona100.com. And we've got some really exciting uh, episodes of our podcast coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a few guest appearances with us. We're going to invite in some folks to join Adrian and I on our call. So it's not just us babbling. Uh, we'll have a few guests and we've got a special issue coming out in a couple of weeks from the Arizona Restaurant Association focusing on uh, Arizona Restaurant Week and that important um really the important role that our restaurants and our restaurant tours play throughout the state. So we'll be joined from with an executive from the Arizona Restaurant Association in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned. You can download our podcast off the website at thearizona100.com and keeping in mind that we're beating Rob Lowe right now with the number of episodes. So I'm feeling pretty proud of ourselves. We're going to have to do our best to stay ahead. I think uh, the one the one area of life in which I'll be ahead of Rob Lowe in, on anything, and it may not even last. Well, you're kind of sporting <laughs> a similar hairdo as he is right now, just for the record. So, you know. Yes. I've gone full late 70s retro yeah. with this mane. I'm, I'm Abby, thinking you're more a of a David Cassidy look, but maybe Rob Lowe fits. I don't know. I'll take either one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to chat with you, Abby. And uh, this this show and the associated publication are such a valuable resource for folks looking for insights into what's happening around the state of Arizona. Abby Fink is publisher of the Arizona 100. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. For all of us here at phx.fm, this is Dr. Adrian McIntyre, and we'll see you next time on the Arizona 100 podcast. Mm-hmm.